Manna or Meatloaf, episode 28. Let's make magic. Hello, hello. Okay, everybody. I'm totally breaking out the pom-poms this week. And an interaction that I had with my friend Tammy this morning confirmed exactly why we all need this so-called team cheer. Now, you know I love podcasts, and my husband and I listened to a short little power pack of inspiration called Darren Daily. I ran across one of his messages, and I absolutely loved it. Darren shared the story of a miser who took his treasure and buried it in a little spot in his garden, and then every single day he'd walk out and unbury that same treasure and count every single penny before he would just bury it all back up again. He did this so consistently that a thief who began to secretly watch him figured out what was buried in the ground, and while the miser slept, this thief snuck in and unburied the treasure and made off with it. Of course, the miser was overcome with grief and despair. He was wailing and crying and pulling at his hair, and a passerby saw him and basically asked what was happening. The miser told him that his treasure was gone, and after hearing the story, the man said, well, why did you bury it in the ground? Why didn't you have it in your home so that you could easily use it when you needed to buy something? The miser looked at this man like he was crazy and said, why would I buy anything with my treasure? The man then picked up a stone, threw it in the ground, and began to cover it up with dirt and said, you might as well fill this hole up with rocks and come out every day and count it because their value is the exact same until they are used. Hmm. Darren goes on to say, quote, this is what a lot of people end up doing with their own value or the treasures of their own individual gifts, things that others could benefit from or be of value in another's life. By hoarding those gifts and not using or spending them on mankind, we somehow think that we're keeping them safe or ourselves safe, when in reality, they are of no value or worth until they're used or spent or shared." End quote. I had never thought of it that way. Isn't that powerful? He continued, Quote, stop being a miser with your gifts. Unbury them and share them with the world. End quote. Isn't that commanding advice? Oh, I love that. And it sounds a lot like the counsel we're given in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, doesn't it? Quote, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. End quote. In an effort to try and shine brightly with all the gifts our Father in Heaven has already blessed us with, I recalled a podcast training session that I once listened to clear back when I was first trying to figure out how and what I was going to do with this one. And it talked about how we need to niche. That means find out what we do best, what we know best, or what interests or excites us the very most, then learn all we can about it, and then own that magic. I loved that advice because let me tell you, <laughs> I talk 
talked myself out of starting this podcast over a million times, at least. But I also felt like it was something the Lord wanted me to do, so here we are. I easily understood my own personal skill set. I love helping others. I was, in fact, the big sister, always helping my parents and little brothers and sisters. I've watched my mom help our neighbors, and I still want to be just like her when I grow up. I've zoned people's feet for 20 years, and I also find great joy in helping our children and their families. Now, I'm certainly not an expert at any of these things. You know that by now, but it's what I love, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. I guess you could say this might be my own personal blend of magic. As crazy as it is, it's me. And guess what? You have your own personal blend of magic, too. What is it? Is it your ability to converse or light up a room? Is it your ability to organize, keep a clean house, raise your children under difficult circumstances? Do you have a way with kids? Maybe they swarm to you. Are you that favorite aunt or uncle? Are you good with money? Able to discipline yourself with diet and exercise? Are you a righteous example or have a certain technical skill like sewing, welding, gardening? Are you a nurturer, a leader, a singer? or a calm, steady force in a very turbulent world. Take a good, hard look at some of the things you're naturally good at. How many of those things do you truly, truly enjoy? Hey, this reminds me of the podcast I did on Shine and Uniquely You, if you want just one more chapter twist on this very topic. So what makes you tick and how can you develop that? That's the question. So I've said it before, but I'm going to quote Max Locato again because it's so powerful. He coined the phrase, quote, God packed your bags for you, end quote, and I couldn't agree more. I believe our loving Father in Heaven packed our bags with the very traits and gifts we would need for our own individual journeys. I think it's so interesting, however, that society strives for sameness. Have you ever noticed that? One of my favorite sayings is by Elaine S. Dalton, the former Young Women's General President. She said, quote, If you desire to make a difference in the world, you must be different from the world, end quote. And one more favorite along the same lines by Bob Goff is, quote, We'll never be like Jesus if we're trying to be like each other, end quote. So what are you known for that makes you so special, so unique, so individual, and so you? What makes you stand out? And what goodness can you contribute to your family, your ward, your workplace, or mankind through that special magic that makes you, you? Okay, this is the fun part. Will you do me a favor? I just love giving homework assignments like I have some kind of a power or something. Maybe I always wanted to be a teacher. All right, let's have fun with this. Let's all make a podcast pact that we will ask 10 people who know you the best and love you the most and just ask them what makes you special. What kind of magic do they see in you? Now, I know this can be kind of uncomfortable, so maybe you send out a group text instead and just tell everybody to message you individually as you're just trying to complete quote, a homework assignment? I don't know. See if that'll fly. I just love this idea. And then after you've gathered information from all of these 10 people, compile your own list with all the things you see in yourself and comments your go-to folks mentioned that you might actually agree with. Wouldn't that be fun? Maybe this exercise will help us acknowledge traits or gifts that we didn't even fully realize we had. What is your grand gift? Ask yourself, 
What's your amazing ability? Your superpower. What makes that remarkable, splendid, tremendous you tick? While you're taking a good hard look at that person in the mirror, a few thoughts came to my own mind regarding things you may want to consider. Number one, believe. We have to believe we're capable of bringing something so incredibly wonderful and individually special to this world that it fills us with a sense of responsibility and a stirring to share it. Believe that you're a child of God with divinely appointed spiritual gifts that are yours alone and a divine inheritance that awaits you. Elder Craig C. Christensen said something that we should all believe. He said, quote, Heavenly Father knows all about you, your strengths and your weaknesses. He knows perfectly who you are, but he also knows who you can become. And with that knowledge, he has placed you here now at the exact place and time in which you can do the most good with the talents and gifts he has given you, end quote. We need to believe that. And in 3 Nephi 18.20, it teaches us, quote, And whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, which is right, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you, end quote. Believe in you and your unique, beautiful, phenomenal self and the difference you can make by believing that you can. The second thing I wanted to bring to your attention was the word try. We have to try. So let's assume that you already have that list from your 10 people and you have an idea of some of your natural gifts and skills and you definitely know which ones instinctively bring you joy. What can you do with them that may enable you to share that magic with others and make the world a better place? Are you, for example, the favorite uncle and good with words or just have a unique perspective on life as a result of challenges you've overcome? What about writing a book? That one's for you, Miss Tammy. (laughs) What about reading a book to those nieces or nephews? Trust me when I say I've seen some favorite uncles and some amazing women, and they're both pretty magical. Do you have a knack for knitting? Could you teach others that last art? Volunteer at a shelter or a nursing home and share your expertise? Could you make keepsakes for your grandchildren? Do you bake like a boss? Could you start a movement in your neighborhood where each week a different widow or widower in your ward is delivered maybe an anonymous treat? Could you even include the youth? Do you see something special through the lens of a camera? What can your photos do to capture memories or inspire those who see your work? Whatever it is, take action. We have to try to become better, to learn, to put ourselves out there. It's not easy to do, trust me. (laughs) You can take it from someone who put herself out there when she didn't know the very first thing about starting a podcast and who has the nerve to sing to an invisible audience, whether they like it or not. (laughs) The Lord loves effort. Sister Joy D. Jones, the primary general president, took a small group of primary children to meet with President Nelson, the prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When Sister Jones asked the group if any of them had a question they'd always wanted to ask a prophet, a little girl named Pearl asked President Nelson, quote, is it hard to be a prophet? Are you like really busy? End quote. Can't you almost hear that sweet little innocent voice? President Nelson responded, quote, 
Of course it's hard. Everything to do with becoming more like the Savior is difficult. For example, when God wanted to give the Ten Commandments to Moses, where did he tell Moses to go? Up on top of a mountain, on the top of Mount Sinai. So Moses had to walk all the way up to the top of that mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Now, Heavenly Father could have said, Moses, you start here and I'll start here and I'll meet you halfway. No, the Lord loves effort because effort brings rewards that can't come without it. End quote. Don't you love President Nelson? The simple truth is, taking action brings about progress and you can't get anywhere unless you try. Thomas Edison was the master of trying. He was relentless in his efforts and never gave up, even though it took him 10,000 failed attempts before he eventually succeeded in his invention of the incandescent electric light bulb. His quote should be a call to the world when he said, quote, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work, end quote. Don't you just dig that? Do you remember, too, the darling animated Disney movie Zootopia? There was a little bunny named Judy Hopps. You'll remember her, who wanted more than anything to be a police officer. But her parents, Stu and Bonnie, kept trying to tell her that if she tried, she'd just be disappointed because there had never been a rabbit police officer. In fact, they told her not to try at all and to just be carrot farmers like them and their 275 brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh, I absolutely loved what Judy's parents credited her success of cleaning up the entire town of Bunnyborough at the very end of the movie to. Judy's being a trier. They even said, you've always been a trier. Ooh, I love that. Let's all be triers. Last point is to demolish doubt. Now, we know that faith and fear cannot coexist. So when in doubt, let's just go ahead and demolish that doubt before it gets in the way and messes up our magic, okay? There's simply no room for doubters, you or others, when it comes to believing in, developing or trying or practicing and sharing your special blend of the magic that the world is waiting for you to deliver. One of my favorite sayings is from Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he said, quote, Doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith, end quote. This area is no exception. Believe in yourself without a doubt. So I believe the moral of this podcast story is don't bury your talents, your light or yourself under a bushel because you're afraid or don't believe the gifts that you have or possess aren't of value to others. You may never know what could save another's life literally or figuratively until you share the you that God gave to the world. I loved the remarks from President Henry B. Eyring at the most recent women's conference. He said, quote, you are daughters, and I could include sons, of a loving Heavenly Father who sent you into the world with unique gifts that you promised to use to bless others. I promise you that the Lord will lead you by the hand through the Holy Ghost. He will go before your face as you help Him prepare His people to become His promised Zion. I so testify in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. End quote. I second that motion with a resounding Amen. Now, let's get out there and make some magic. <music>